Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Astrology. So, happy new moon in Cancer. Uh, we're going to be talking about that today and, and a little bit about Comet Neowise since that has gotten um, attention in the headlines and uh, kind of just got discovered in March and I found out a bunch of really cool things about it, so astrologically, so I thought I'd share them as well. Anyway, let's steer on over to the new moon. Um, this is the second new moon in Cancer. The first one was, of course, a month ago we had the solar eclipse. Um, at zero degrees uh, Cancer, and this one is 28 degrees of Cancer, the, uh, the new moon, a 28 Cancer, so it's way at the other end of the Cancer spectrum. When you have two new moons in a month, it's considered, it's called a black moon. A blue moon is when you have two full moons in a month. But this is even more rare. This is called a black moon, so I thought that was pretty cool. And you think about it, we have so many... We've had so many uh, outrageous um, astrological happenings. Um, of course, this entire year has been one huge astrological, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> it just is what it is. Um, but I'm just talking about just on a, on a closer focus in, the, in eclipse season. Of course, we, we've just left eclipse season we, where we had the triple decker, the triple sandwich, the... Um, you know, the two uh, solar eclipses and a lunar eclipse. So, um, yeah, that, that's just pretty outrageous. And, um, and now, we have, um, now we have our first, yay, not an eclipse, everyone can breathe. Um, we have our first, we're back to our regular new moons um, until, of course, November, December, when, when eclipse season happens again. Uh, but now we are fully out of the Cancer Capricorn eclipse cycle. It is it is done, and we will not see Cancer Capricorn eclipses uh, until for another nine years. So that that's our cycle. So anyway, um, but this one uh, we have our Cancer um, our Cancer new moon, 28 degrees of Cancer. Um, of course, it's you know it's a water sign. And uh, new moons are always about new beginnings. So this is a good time to really, you know, set your, we can set our intentions, um, you know, do our, our prayers and, um, and goal setting and, and such and, and uh, whatever, you know, whatever method, yoga, pranayama, you know, any kind of a ceremony, ritual, meditation, uh, creating a puja, altar, uh, sacred, a sacred spot, a sacred space in our lives, not just physical, but of course the space within us, you know, to to mark and connect with nature, mark the seasons and the changes of the various, the, the passage of time, you know, the moon's passage, the lunations. This is was the, the elemental measurement in the ancient days. You know, we the ancients would watch the passage of the moon because it, you know, it happened the most frequently. So um, even the word month comes from moons, you know, honoring the, the, the um, astrology, you know, was, as I, as I have said, it's Mother Nature's original time management. So anyway, we have a, a new moon today, um, and it, um, it occurred at 1.32, 1.33 in the afternoon um, Eastern Standard Time. So uh, 28 Cancer, the new, that means the sun and moon, both aligned at 28 degrees. And, um, and this one has an interesting, um, 
an aspect to it. I, I found some really cool things just at the very last minute. You know, it's kind of like painting astrology, like you, like an artist in front of a canvas. You um, you look at something and you you know paint and then you kind of step back and give it space. Sometimes you walk away from your painting or your writing or what whatever creative expression you're you're doing. And then when you come back to it, you just see something different. So that's one of the great things about <clears throat> astrology. Things that just kind of reveal themselves. So um, in looking at this, of course, you know the big news on the obvious level is the sun and the moon has a an awkward, challenging aspect. It's called an inconjunct. Um, and that is with uh, the south node of um, the south node of the moon. The south node is a karmic releasing point, right, of a purging of things that no longer serve. So very interesting, uh, because what does the moon represent? The moon is um, the new moon in Cancer. Cancer is the natural ruler of the moon, and it rules mothers and fertility and children and home and security and family. So these are new beginnings for you know our family, our family life, um, making a new a, a change in direction. You know this the new moon. I mean it's a cardinal sign. <clears throat> Cancer is a cardinal sign. And when you think about it, it's like birthing. We are birthing and um, a new. Um, you know, birthing new life regarding our um, our families and and our what what feels secure to us, what 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 we deem um, comfortable and secure and nourishing, what nourishes and feeds us. You know, we might want to design something new here. And in terms of uh, the challenges that we're all going through with the pandemic, you know, what is most important to us in terms of that comfort zone, which is of course, self-care and comfort. These are really important things that we want to uh, manage and draw boundaries around. And so uh, this new moon is, is uh, calling us to create new beginnings around these, these things. And having gone through this uh, outrageous um, solar eclipse, you know, lunar, solar, lunar, eclipse sandwich. I think I said it backwards earlier, so it's <laughs> whatever, right? Uh, yes, it was a lunar solar lunar. The solar was the the Oreo cookie cream in the middle, except it wasn't fake. It was real. <laughs> it was a big one. That solar eclipse, by the way, at zero cancer last month, exactly a month ago, we're going to be seeing Mars is going to activate that eclipse in April of next year. So because Mars is retrograding in the sign of Aries, we won't see it until next year, until like the middle, the third week of April. So that should be a very exciting time. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of shaking and rolling and rattling in that regard. But before we get there, let's just focus right now on the new moon in Cancer. So in the chart of Washington, D.C., which, you know, I, I always pull it for, you know, I'm going to pick the USA here. And um, in the chart for Washington, D.C., the new moon is in the ninth house, which rules, you know, the truth and courts and higher wisdom and, you know, doing what's right, like a sense of morality, not morality being like prudish, but just more like what's the right thing. And, um, and certainly we, you know, what comes to mind is, of course, the protests in Portland 
and elsewhere, um, and Black Lives Matter, and doing the right thing. So this is still a very, very potent, powerful message that has been carried across many of these astrological events, certainly all three eclipses that we've just been through, certainly the entire year with the Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto uh, conjunction, you know, they're still tag teaming within three three degrees of each other, so roughly. So it's uh, they're very close, and it's even though they're all retrograde right now, uh, they're stepping back, and you know, it's like time for us to assess. You know, how are we doing with this transformation of society? What needs to change, or what needs to be tweaked? So we're kind of like working our way through that on the inner planes. And so um, right now we have, uh, you know, one of the things I found really interesting, this inconjunct, which is the, the kind of awkward aspect between letting go, the south node is in Sag, interesting for the United States because the new moon is in the ninth house, which is a, the house that is ruled, you know, Sagittarius, <clears throat> Jupiter rules the ninth house. So the ninth house is, um, yeah, it's, there's a big theme here about justice and whistleblowing and um, bringing things, you know, to the forefront. You know, interesting that Mary Trump wrote that big tell-all memoir about her Uncle Donald. And uh, that, that is certainly a ninth house thing. You know, people at the top of the elite, very, very Jupiterian, you know, and, and uh, publishing. Ninth house is also publishing. So uh, I believe she sold a million copies her first day of, of the book being on the market, which is, you know, it's pretty outrageous. So a lot of these themes about um, families, family karma, you know, this is obviously being uh, another aspect of the past two and a half years with Saturn being in the sign of Capricorn. And it's all about, you know, uh, uh, this, this vast change in society and changing up and uh, examining our family roots and purging out the, the toxicities and things that, me, that we needed to address to heal. So this in conjunct with the moon and the south node of the moon in Sagittarius, this, this kind of awkwardness, it's really saying, look, there's some adjustments that need to happen for us to, to communicate because it's in, in the, for America, you know, it's in the south node, it is in the third house in the uh, Washington chart. So, you know, certainly the news media and um, fair and balanced reporting, uh, whistleblowing, telling the truth in the media, you know, not easy when you got your countries in the middle of a Neptune opposition. It's like, who do you believe? Uh, sometimes uh, things don't, there's so much uncertainty. There's people who are, are swayed one way or the other. And and but on the on the positive side, the the Neptune is is about dreams and visions, and it's about bringing forth the ideal society and uh, desiring you know this and um, you know what it, what will it take? What what structures have to dissolve for us to realize the purity of who we really are and how how our um, our society can can be that way? Uh, let's see. There is <clears throat> interesting that um, if you were to uh, look at the moon, the moon of the USA is at 27 degrees of Aquarius. So this particular new moon, see, it's not, it's just, 
you know, we thought the eclipses had it all. Well, this new moon is still carrying the potency of what's occurring and the then the the fadedness, I would say, because it's making this particular lunation is making a yod. So a yod is also called the finger of God. And in astrology, uh, the yod is is kind of a rare placement. You know, when you see it, it's not like everybody has one. And um, it always, in a, in a person's chart, it always points to something. That's why they call it the finger of God, right? So it's pointing to something that's fated or fateful or things that must occur. So this yod is pointing to the new moon. Okay, there's a couple of yods in this chart, but there's, there's one of them. It's pointing to this new beginning for what? We're a cancer country, right? July 4th. So this is a new beginning with a compassionate leadership, with, a, with an emphasis on nurturing and compassion and a matriarchal um, you know, embrace, a, a matriarchal return where women are being honored and appreciated and uh, compassion and mercy and kindness. Kindness matters. It's a wonderful hashtag. You have Twitter or social media postings, right? Kindness matters. You know, we could say that you could call that, maybe that's the name of my talk today. Kindness matters. New moon in cancer. Kindness matters, like big time. And in order to have that, we have to be willing to give up being rigid about having it all figured out, about not listening to others. We want to embrace other points of view and be willing to shift and change and listen and like lean across the aisle. So that's like one of the messages I'm seeing here <clears throat> as I look at the chart. Another, uh, but this, this yod, this finger of God is like, it's, it's like a giant, if you think of a funnel, you know, like a funnel, like you pour water, you know, into a jug with a funnel. The narrow part of that funnel in astrology is called the apex. So the apex of this yod is the new moon, sun and moon and 28 Cancer. So the, the wide end is the south, the karmic south node, right? Telling the truth, getting off it, <laughs> and, and, um, communicating, you know, the truth openly and honestly with everyone in our community. And then the other side of that yacht is the, the USA moon. So the moon rules the population of a country. So the moon in Aquarius is what gives Americans this, you know, the, as we learned in our, in our history classes, the, the melting pot, right? The unusual, you know, many diverse, e pluribus unum, you know, out of many, one. It's so Aquarian, right? World brotherhood, you know, we're all in this together. So the it makes the yod with the moon. So at the U.S. moon, and then the moon in cancer for everybody. So this is like a lot of, I could say, you know, all eyes on the United States here, for sure. Um, and, and everywhere where we desire unity and democracy and fairness and kindness. So this is a very powerful uh, configuration here and involving uh, not only um, us in, in our homes and uh, families, but also in our communities because it's, you know, the yacht is making its um, impact here in the, um, in the third house, uh, which rules communities and uh, also the news media, the internet, you know, channels of communication. Now there is another yacht happening 
if you draw a funnel, like the, the, the apex would be the south node, that karmic south node at 28 degrees of Sagittarius forms a yod or finger of God with the new moon. And in the eighth house, which is death, renewal, regeneration, right? The eighth house. I always say the, the eighth house is like a shamanic house to me, the house of the shaman. It's like by facing our deepest fears and deep subconscious patterns, we, we go through into this netherworld where we confront very heavy things in order to move beyond them and break through and come out the other end, you know, like out into the light. But it's, it's not easy and it's scary and it requires a lot of um, really deep soul searching. So anyway, there's this yod that forms, and so the other leg of that yod are two fixed stars. One is Caput Algol, which is also known as the Gorgon's head. It's kind of weird, but I'll explain in a moment. And the other one is the, uh, the Pleiades, the Seven Sisters. So, um, you know, these are both fixed stars, by the way, For if you're not familiar with that term, they're actually, it's what ancient peoples called um, some of the heavenly bodies to distinguish them from planets. Um, you know, um, they don't move across the sky in the same way as planets do. So in the, in the old days, they believed they were fixed, that they weren't moving. But of course, they are. It's just that it's a heck of a lot slower and barely perceptible, um, you know, over the, over the centuries. But anyway, the two fixed stars are, um, there's a whole, you know, body of work about fixed stars, some great books you can read. But Caput Algol is, is definitely not a, a jolly uh, kind of, it's considered very unfortunate, as is the Pleiades. Now you think, the Pleiades, how could that be unfortunate? Well, you know, these are, again, these are ancient designations, and we have to look at them, but through them, too. So we can't get hung up on what could appear on some level to be some really, you know, scary, disempowering language. Basically, long story short, um, Caput Algol is, um, yes, it's it's about very intense, it's considered like an evil, like the most evil, dark um, star, you know, associated with catastrophe and violence and all that stuff. And, um, but it's also associated with extreme creativity. So there's always, you know, like I said, there's always a two sides to these things. And um, people who have that in their chart have seen um, a lot of, um, of you know, heavy stuff in their life, you know, death or, you know, of like family members or things that they experienced in their life. But it also allows us the capacity to move through this. So, um, you know, for, to be able to, to witness difficult things so that we may help others. So I, I want to just, you know, emphasize that part. Um, and uh, so one of the things here that I wanted to just share is that, um, you know, and again, it doesn't mean that the bad things will happen to you, but you would be, you may witness or be aware of, you know, suffering and, and difficulty um, you know, and so in this lunation, it's like saying, look, we, we have, to, you know, we're, we're, it's a faded thing. We're, we're looking at, and I think about the people in Port Portland protesting in Portland, Oregon. Um, you know, we can't ignore these. And now the police have come in and, or these, they're not even police. They're like federal agents from some 
um, obscure federal agency, which, you know, which I'm sure you've been reading about this. Trump is, you know, called these people in to try to, you know, and they, and, and the head of Department of Homeland Security, which um, is apparently overseeing this particular group of, of soldiers or, or personnel. And uh, they're, you know, it's definitely creating a, a very tough situation and a standoff. But, um, you know, whose jurisdiction? Of course, the Portland mayor is up in, you know, everybody's up in arms about, you know, this, these people. And they're, they're literally, you know, grabbing people, protesters, and sticking them in these rental cars. And, and, and they're not even official vehicles and driving away, which, of course, makes one think of the worst, you know, like Nazi Germany, where Jews were rounded up and, and other or in, in, in South America, where people went missing. And, you know, the mothers would walk around with photographs of their children. And it's like, where, where's my child? Where's my son? Where's my daughter? So, you know, this is, again, look, calling, this lunation is really having us look at some really dark, deep, intense subjects, but it's, I think it's definitely part, I know it's definitely part of this birthing process of us, um, this is another aspect of the shadow, it's coming up very intensely, so we're we're out of eclipse season um, with the Cancer Capricorn eclipses, and one was in Sag, and but we're out of this eclipse season, and now we're. Um, but it's it's not over. It's like there are these extensions and these um, extensions of these energies and and this energy signature about the need to take care of our home, the need to redefine safety and security, and all of these very very difficult subjects are coming up. The pain body, you know, to be dealt with. Interestingly enough, the. Um, I'm sure you probably heard about the the one protester who showed up stark naked except for a face mask and a hat like a like a stocking cap it was a woman and she sat on the pavement first she did like yoga poses and dance moves and all this and then she just sat on the pavement in front of all these all the you know this whole lineup of these you know heavily armed you know SWAT team agents this that and the other law enforcement and just sat there you know, and and it, it, to me, it was like the 21st century version of the the iconic photo of the the little hippie girl in the 60s, where there were um, armed like National Guardsmen with rifles, and there was all these men pointing their rifles right in at this young girl, with you know braids in her hair, and she was putting a daisy into the the barrel of one of the rifles. And it was I probably won like some Pulitzer thing, or you know, you you could look that up if you're if you're not familiar with that photo. But it's it's pretty iconic. To me, this woman being naked is not only iconic for our age, but it, it is that not the most perfect representation of a Cancer Capricorn eclipse, a Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter in Capricorn you know, purging an old, toxic, male-dominated system, and it's calling out for change into compassion and everything related to that. So, wow, you know, one picture is a thousand words. And, of course, on a more conventional level, the new moon is opposing the big Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto freight train. And so... Um, it's exactly opposing Saturn to the degree, 28 degrees. And so again, there's that long-term um, 
you know, restructuring of society and where we have to integrate these, what seems to be very opposite principles about, you know, is it possible to have a compassionate society? Yes, but we're going to have to be willing to, as the inconjuncts are showing us, make sacrifices and compromise to get, you know, we can't just say, oh, I want a compassionate society without some reality check and without grounding it into, you know, essential real time and action and planning as well. Uh, we can't just, you know, say, well, we have to have society and we have to buckle down and we can't care for each other. Of course, you know, we, we have to have, we've got to budge, you know, each side has to budge to make this work out. Anyway, um, and it will work out. It's, you know, um, one of the things that I'm clear about with Saturn is that Saturn energy, um, you know, it's a, it's a cold, hard reality check, but, and it always requires effort and sacrifice and sometimes loss. But um, when you move through it, on the other side is this breakthrough and this mastery and wisdom and maturity and having taken responsibility and stepping into our power. So um, that is worth its weight in gold. You know, that's something that, that, that there's no value to that. It's something that we can carry with us for generations of the thing, the hard work of, of laying down a new society, like laying in a foundation, the way a a bricklayer would have a cement and a trowel and blocks and he would be on his knees, you know, making a great effort and often painful, you know, kneeling on your knees is never fun. Um, and so the, um, especially when you're dealing with concrete, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice made, but, um, in the end, it's something, we have something of lasting value. So yes, we have to, be willing to make sacrifices and it could be about wearing a mask with a you know with their COVID for a, a longer time I mean look this is already going through the roof and Miami and and all of Florida has been one of the biggest um, places where the virus has you know escalated greatly so there's still a lot of sacrifice that's having we have to deal with and oh my goodness, I'm looking at this chart and I just found, I'm on like this yod streak today. I don't know, just, <laughs> it's pretty fascinating. Um, I'm looking at this chart and I'm seeing another yod. This would be, uh, you know, these are like the fingers of fate that we're pointing to, but Saturn at the apex of the yod, right? It's, um, it is the apex of a yod with the, North Node in Cancer, right, our evolutionary destiny, and the other uh, side of that goes to one of the most benef benefic beneficent, beneficent, oh, beneficent uh, fixed stars, Regulus. So there's this Yod, Regulus is, you know, the ruler, it's Cor Leonis, the heart of the lion in the, in the constellation of Leo. Regulus is like the heart, literally, if you looked at the lion in the constellation, Regulus is one of the brightest stars. It's extremely fortunate. And at 28 degrees of, um, of Leo, well, well, actually, it's 29, but, and then it, after 2,000 years, it, it precessed into, um, what do you call it, um, into Virgo. But it's a yod. It's forming a yod. So here's like the destiny of, 
And what is Leo rule? Rulers, leaders, presidents, prime ministers, things like that. So with that south with that uh saturn in in the karmic uh you know in the karmic fate carrying saturn there he is in the chart of washington making a yod well i don't know this is just what's coming to me but i know that joe biden is supposed to announce his vice president his vice presidential candidate very shortly in like a matter of weeks i think the the, the plan was like around august 4th something like that, first week of August. That's during this lunation. So here's this faded thing where he, and he's supposed to, you know, he, he promised that it would be a woman. Well, look at that, the North Node and, you know, this, this Saturn, this, the fate and destiny of Saturn making this fateful connection with our evolutionary movement as a society in, in terms of cancer, you know, the North Node, the compassionate leadership and women and then in the other side of that funnel is is uh, the leader you know regulus like wow woman leader so interesting how astrology will reflect these things it just never ceases to amaze me so there's this faded thing going on here um i i know um also um what's what's fascinating too i want to kind of shift you know in in um I would just say fate galore, you know, to summarize what we've been talking about here. Some very faded placements, even though it's not a, it's, this is not an eclipse we're talking about. It's just a lunation, which means it only lasts for until the next new moon. But still, you know, it's pivotal. I mean, you know, Joe Biden's going to be announcing his vice president, presidential running mate. And, you know, there's just so much at stake in terms of birthing ourselves into this kind, compassionate society and all the areas that hasn't been and the pain body that continues to reveal itself so that it can be healed. So it's really, truly, um, here's this, quote, ordinary lunation with some challenging aspects called having to make sacrifices, but there's these, you know, fateful configurations written in. So I, I just, I just think that's so cool. Um, but anyway, so that's, um, you know, and uh, like I said, the opposition, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto opposition, you know, everybody knows about that. And there's this, um, there's a square, you know, Mars is, is, is starting to square. It'll be later this month. It'll move into a more exact square with, um, Jupiter and Pluto, but, um, of course then it'll retrograde and that's that whole other story. But, um, Mars is making that square right now with uh, Mercury and um, Mercury and uh, and the Jupiter Saturn Pluto so there's we have to you know measure our words and be very very mindful and um, you know in terms of where we want to direct our energies in in what in what arena and uh, for what purpose and looking at the big picture so um, anyway but I just find those those two in the in conjuncts here that are causing us to make sacrifices. They're also when you think about the yods, these fateful placements that they make with this divine feminine destiny of compassion and mercy. It's just it's outrageous. So there's that for the month of. Um, so be good to yourself, you know, um, for the month of, of um, late July into late August. Uh, we're entering Leo season uh, now, and we're, we're in the cusp, you know, we've got 
the sun's about to go into Leo, and that, that's very exciting. Of course, you know, I'm a Leo, so I have very much a slight bias here. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's a time to, you know, let loose, be creative, um, be bold and lion-hearted, right? And uh, courageous. The word cœur, like heart, le cœur in French, you know, the heart, it comes, the word courageous comes from being in the heart, you know, acting from the heart. That is an act of courage and outrageous will and creativity and self-expression. So these are the, the themes coming up, um, you know, as we step into this new society that we're creating in every moment, let's um, remember to to be that, be as a child, you know, Leo rules children. And I don't mean childlike, childish, you know, childlike, but not childish. So we're not being reckless and vain and, um, you know, self-centered. We're taking our divine will and our ability to create and will the light into existence. And we're taking that and to use it in, in service to something greater than ourselves. Anyway, moving along, I just wanted to briefly mention um, this comet Neowise is really, I'm sure you've seen photographs, they're just spectacular, ones that were taken over the Great Pyramid at Giza, um, at Sunrise, um, also Mount Shasta, just just um, Stonehenge, I've seen all these, these photographs around the world, and um, it, it was a comet that, you know, a year ago, I, nobody ever heard of it until March, it was discovered. And um, I've just started doing some research, and I might talk about this later in depth, but um, there is a whole, um, it's, it's really fascinating about what, um, how you can measure and look at the astrology of a comet's appearance. And, um, you know, typically uh, comets have gotten like a bad rap over the centuries because they have often been associated with, you know, drastic change like war, famine, pestilence, assassination. You know, Julius Caesar was assassinated and it was preceded by a, the appearance of a comet. You know, so so it, it, they definitely have a, a kind of an, you know, a connection where, uh-oh, stuff's changing, right, typically. Um, what I find interesting is that um, in, in 1959, when the Chinese invaded Tibet, and it was a horrific, you know, massacre and genocide, and they, they killed, like, they, they killed all these monks, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of monks, and the Dalai Lama had to flee, you know, all, all of that from, from our history books. That, too, was preceded by a comet, the appearance of a comet. And if you ever see the movie Seven Years in Tibet with Brad Pitt, um, and David Thewlis, true story, you know, Heinrich Herrer, who was a German guy who escaped, um, left Germany and was uh, mountaineering. And he, in World War II, broke out and he ended up in Tibet and spent seven years there, which they would not allow Westerners. So they snuck in in a very, you know, but got in trouble, but anyway, managed to stay. It's an incredible film if you've not seen it, but they did, there's a picture, um, you can see at one point in the, in the film when all the Tibetans came out one night because they saw the comet passing overhead and they were all like, whoa, you know, they knew something big was going to happen. And sure enough, that's when the, shortly thereafter the Chinese um, invaded, invaded Tibet and um, took them in, um, no longer being autonomous, you know, so uh, free Tibet, 
you know, his is is as a result of all that the the Tibetan independence movement to revert back to their autonomous status. So who knows? Um, I don't know if this eclipse. I mean, eclipse. I don't know if everyone can see. I'm not a common expert, but I'm pretty sure for the next several days you can still see it in the sky. And I, I know in this part of the world, it's in the northern hemisphere, in the northern sky or northwest, right before sunrise. But I, you know, check your local listings as to, um, you know, if that's still correct, or or maybe depending where you are, it just you know shows up differently. But anyway, um, I just wanted to say that the um, it it is pretty uh, fascinating when you look at the discovery date, which was back in March right around the time, of course, there's this whole COVID thing happening. And um, there is this, the perihelion, which is a very fancy word, which you can impress your friends with. Uh, perihelion means it's approach when it makes its closest approach to the sun. So when it, when that happened, it was two days before the eclipse. It was the July, the lunar eclipse, July 5th, well, the perihelion, the comet made its perihelion on July 3rd. So that means that um, the comet is very closely aligned with the eclipse. I mean, they're, these two events are conjunct. So that's like another layer of, wow, you know, talk about signs in the sky. Like eclipses are the most powerful events in astrology, but comet appearances you know, often presaging things. I mean, that's, that's pretty outrageous too. And and the fact that they were just two days apart is, is pretty remarkable. So um, anyway, the comet perihelion is at 29 Gemini. Well, of course, 29 degrees of any sign is called a karmic degree, a karmic degree. So it, there's an, a great emphasis on its, um, this message here of, of, you know, a lesson or an evolutionary lesson of things being completed and moving to the next level of mastery of whatever that sign is. Well, Gemini, Mercury, so it's the ability to move in and out of worlds, to um, embrace higher levels of communication. You could say on a spiritual level, on a mystical level, you know, telepathic communication, uh, an enormous fluidity of, of experiencing different worlds and different points of view. Um, I think of like um, LGBT, um, the LGBT community and the ability to, um, to, to have, you know, like the spectrum of sexuality that opened up um, as a result of Uranus moving through Aries for the last, you know, decade, the previous decade, and what it brought us and this, this huge, huge opening. And with Mercury being a, a major significator in LGBT um, and you know, gender fluidity and this, you know, opening up our identities and, and dancing with all different possibilities and allowing ourselves to move with different expressions of ourselves. I just think that's pretty outrageous that here's this comet that comes along kind of like a highlighter pen, a yellow highlighter pen, like, here it is. Hey guys, you know, check this out. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and I, I can't help but think that, you know, Gemini is Trump's, uh, Trump is a Gemini, you know, his, his, it's not 29 degrees, it's 22 degrees, but still, um, you know, he's having his nodal return and that'll be showing up very strongly in October and November when the North node, 
which is a 29 now, will go to 22 and, and hit his son, his son and, and his own north node. So there's a huge uh, reckoning there. So that could be, you know, if it does indeed indicate, as, as history has shown us, you know, changes in leadership, well, here, here we are. And, you know, Gemini is quick, too. It's like, that's why they call it quicksilver, right? The, 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 the chemical compound of mercury is quicksilver. So it moves. It has no shape. It, it goes here and it goes there. And it's fast. And it, and it shifts. And it goes one way and then it goes another and then goes back to the other. So there's, there's this element of quickness and rapidity and uh, suddenness, you know, and quirkiness and just change out of nowhere, so uh, who knows, you know, who knows what could happen. We could, it could be pointing to an upset, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, with leadership and the dissolution, you know, the, the Mercury's energy is, is dissolving and disbanding and scattering. So um, this, this could be an indicator of that. So there, there's just a whole lot that I find very fascinating and I'm still, I'm still studying it, but um yeah, this comet just appearing, you know, as if we didn't have enough to to look at. It kind of like was this visual, like, okay, guys, here we are. Um, and even the colors, the colors um, that um, colors, uh, comets are assigned uh, to the planets according to colors. And mostly the photos we've seen, it's kind of golden orange. And I'm look, okay, I just thought of Donald Trump's hair and his makeup being orange. I'm like, okay, is this some kind of cosmic joke? I mean, it made some damn nice travel photographs over Stonehenge, let me tell you. (laughs) But I'm like, okay, maybe I'm reading into this too much. I don't know. Maybe I just need to take a a, a nap here. (laughs) But um, it did have a number of different colors, but it definitely was golden, very much, you know, golden, um, like that. So, um, the gold, orange, yellow colors could be, um, a tree, you know, could, that would correspond with like the sun, Venus, Jupiter. These are all, you know, associated with those colors. Um, so anyway, it could be changes in leadership. It could be, um, it could be drought. It could be, um, something like, you know, of that nature. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, all kinds of possibilities. I guess it's like saying, okay, get ready. Everybody, you know, be at your best, um, you know, think in the big picture. And if anything this year has done, it's it's given us the opportunity to drop our comfort zone. And here comes Comet Neowise with its big orange-yellow highlighter pen in the sky, right? <sighs> Amazing. So I think that's all for now. That'll give you some stuff, right? It's like, put that on your plate, as Sophie Lennon says in Mrs. Maisel, my favorite television show uh, <laughs> of the moment. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that will, um, you know, just just let, let those ideas marinate and how the, the fascinating, uh, ever, ever revealing um, work that astrology is and the wonders that it shows us and the stories that it tells. If we just look carefully and beneath the surface there are these whole worlds of story and um, fascinating uh, indicators that that assist us Uh, if we just look you know transformation we have pointers and ways in which we can uh, we can use these stories to empower us and to guide us you know to guide us 
into the next um, great adventure. So with that, uh, I bid you all adieu, um, and I'll be back soon with another edition. In the meantime, um, have a great, wonderful, fun uh, lunation. Be strong, be responsible, be safe out there. Wear your mask, all that good stuff. And um, this is Erliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, Star Sound Astrology. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste.